everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Daily Coast The Brief. It's our weekly show about politics. I'm Marcus Molitzis. Carrie Ellibel should have been here, and she's so bummed she's missing it. She has, uh, she's uh, out sick for the day, and it's killing her because today's guest is Congressman Ruben Gallego. He represents Arizona's 3rd Congressional District, and he is running for U.S. Senate in 2024. Ruben, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Marcos. The reason... We are all so excited about you right now. We've always been excited about you. If, if you don't follow Ruben on Twitter, he's it's you'd think he was like an old school liberal blogger. He's freaking amazing. He doesn't he doesn't give a damn. Like he says it like it is. And uh, so already we love him just generically, but we're extra excited right now because he is running for Senate in 2024. Now, Ruben, we have a Democratic senator right now. So what's going on here? Yeah, well, look, we have a Democratic senator when it's easy uh, and leadership means stepping up when it's hard. And she has not been there for that. You know, um, know, time and time again, when we needed her to take that hard vote to be a Democrat, to preserve at least uh, some really important things for us, she hasn't done it. January 6th happens. We need her to be there and support the Voting Rights Act, named after her supposed good friend, who she said was her mentor, uh, John Lewis, and she uses the filibuster uh, to stop it. When you know, uh, you know the country's workers were hurting and she need, we wanted to pass a 15-hour minimum wage, uh, she stops that. Uh, you know, when we need her to go negotiate for lower our pharmaceutical prices for our seniors or for just general Americans, uh, she ends up going to negotiate for the, for, the, for the pharmaceuticals. So it's easy to be a Democrat when the, it's the easy votes. It, we send you to be a leader, and she has not done that. And by the way, you know, when you look at it, uh, there was another senator from Arizona that actually did that and did it correctly and won by even higher margins uh, than Cinema did. So uh, even her argument saying that she has to vote this way in order to, to win re-election is now moot. So uh, what are we looking at? We're looking at someone who, well, now used to be a Democrat because uh, she knew she couldn't beat me in a primary. She saw you coming. She saw, saw coming. you coming and literally quit the party when yep. you joined the race. And we did. And look, she was going to lose the primary without a doubt. Um, it was going to be uh, embarrassing. And she decided to take an out. And that's fine. But it doesn't mean that this race stops. We will take her on. We will take a Republican on. And we will win uh, Arizona. So civics is is uh, our polling firm at Daily Coast. And we've been tracked. We, unfortunately, we haven't started tracking the three-way race so far, but we, we have tracked Senator Kirsten Sinema's approval ratings for, for a long time. Overall, her approval ratings right now, her favorability ratings in Arizona right now are 23% favorable, 61% unfavorable. She is by far the most unpopular senator in the country. But here's my favorite part. Amongst Democrats, amongst Democrats, her favorability ratings are 3%. 90% unfavorable. She thinks she's a maverick. And, and it seems like she wants to be kind of a John McCain type of figure. And she thinks that's what plays in Arizona. I don't see, you know, Republicans, 33% favorable, 44% unfavorable. Independents, 32% favorable, 49% unfavorable. No one likes her. That's not what being a maverick is. It's not pissing everybody off, is it? Yeah. Well, look, and look, I, I, I served uh, for a while with John McCain. And what John McCain also did is he would vote the way he did and he would come back to Arizona and he would stand for uh, stand there and, and take the, the shots and answer questions why he was voting the way he did. Right. He actually kept trust with the voters. Cinema has not kept trust with the voters. She went and basically worked against the values of Arizonans and then refused to answer why she was doing it. 
uh, refused to say, like, why is she negotiating for some of the richest hedge fund managers and private equity managers uh, in the country instead of working for the poor trying to get a child tax credit? She refuses to have any town halls. She believes that she's unaccountable uh, to voters. And guess what? At the core, this job is about accountability to the people that put us there. And, it, and people are talking, right? The, the market is talking in, in terms of that. I have so far raised uh, a lot of money, but I have 62,000 individual donations, 15,000 just from Arizona. These are small donors. Uh, they've all been I'm going one to of them. Thank you. They've all been going to GallegoForArizona.com, and we're going to beat her. Even though she has all this Wall Street money, hedge fund money, we're going to have the small individual donors to beat her because people in Arizona and people across the country know that she's not independent. She's in this for herself. It's, it's kind of shocking. And, and I just want to be very clear. When you say she hasn't had any town halls, she literally refuses to answer questions, right? Like she right. will not talk to anybody. This is not hyperbole. This is not right. exaggeration. Literally, we do not know why she's voting the way she is. She does not have one unscripted moment. You will, you know, if you're in Arizona, you will likely see me at my grocery store. You will see me out in the community. You'll see me dropping off my kid at school. You know, there, there is no opportunity for me not to avoid and nor should you avoid your constituents. She has made it a purpose to avoid talking to them, answering to them. Uh, and in the end, you know, that's why her constituents say that they don't trust her anymore. So right now, the situation electorally is that presumably there's a three way race because obviously the Republicans are going to put up theirs, uh, you know, maybe Carrie Lake once again. You're running as a Democrat. I don't know if there's anybody else looking at a primary in the Democratic side. Nope. No. OK, great. Uh, and then presumably Cinema says she's running as an independent. First of all, do you think she actually is going to run as an independent or do you think as the numbers the, the, somebody's going to show her the numbers and she may realize that it's it's a fool's errand? Look, I think if she believes she has a pathway to victory, yes, she'll stay in. And she's going to determine that and how much I fundraise and how much she fundraises. And then at the end, she'll actually look at, lastly, how the polling is looking towards the end. The polling is not going to change. It's only going to get worse. She's not out there talking to voters. She's not trying to explain her positions. She's not, you know, trying to say, like, you know, I'm a good person. Please look at these other things. Uh, when, in fact, there's only going to be more and more that comes out about what she did uh, to really undermine the working class of Arizona. Uh, and as that happens, her numbers are going to go only lower. And I think it, also her fundraising is going to start tank. And um, look, Arizona is not a state that you can just run as much as there's a lot of money in hedge fund and private equity managers. You need to have a strong base of small dollar donors. And last reporting period, she raised a total of $8,000. $8,000. I mean, that's... That's not a winning. That's not a winning race. Uh, you're not going to the the ninety to hundred million dollars you need from this race when you're only only raising eight thousand dollars from small dollar donors. And um, this is what we're going to win on. And eventually, she'll have to make a calculation. Does she want to end her career in a very embarrassing third place, or does she want to you know do the Costanza and walk out on top? And uh, I always recommend uh, taking the Costanza route. <laughs> so the polling right now there's been a couple of polls and they sort of generally show you are at around 40 percent cinema in like 25 percent range like mid-20s and uh the republicans in the high 30s which is I, that i just don't see how that stays right i mean presumably i mean if you look at our civics numbers she's lost all democratic support so there's nowhere for her to go on that i think that that bridge has been burned it's not going anywhere there are Republicans who may say they support her just because they think they're triggering the libs 
by doing so, but they're going to come home. And is there is is that how you see sort of the dynamics of that race shaping out? Um, who pulls from where and what, and uh, where can you gain? extra support to go from that 40% to, you know, 50 plus one? Well, first of all, you know, this is assuming obviously she's, she stays in, right? And you don't need yeah. 50 plus one, you right, just right. have to have enough to win. But I do think that once we have a fully effective campaign, we're running campaign commercials, we're defining her, we're defining myself, and we our name ID is not high, but our favorables are high, we're going to work on that. Number two, we have a lot of other places we can actually quote unquote pull from. You know, the uh, average age of a Latino in Arizona is 25. Uh, and never in the history of Arizona has there been a young bilingual, well-funded Latino who has grassroots support running in Arizona. And we're going to work that and we're going to work it like it's nobody's business. And we're going to have margins there that people have not seen ever in Arizona. And they're never going to go for a cinema and they're certainly not going to go for any of the Republicans, no matter who they, they put pull up. Number two, I think at the end of the day, whatever independence she does have in terms of support once they understand how she works for wall street once understand, she understands how she works for the pharmaceutical uh industry once they understand uh, you know how she didn't stand with us in defending democracy uh i don't see that her getting much of that independent leading democratic support and then for republicans uh you know we're not going to be able to win uh, many republicans but for those republicans that believe uh in you know national security that believe in democracy they're not going to take their chances <laughs> on a person like Kirsten Sinema, who probably has no chance of winning. They want to make sure they stop uh, whatever Republican uh, they put up, which is going to be someone, just a total wackadoodle, just to be honest. There's really no other way to, to put it. Uh, most likely an election denier. They're going to look at me, looking at my history, both on the Armed Services Committee, uh, but also in terms of defending our country as a Marine and even on January 6th. I think they're going to look at that and say, you know, this is much more important than electing an election denier. And all that will put us into a very strong victory. It's, is Carrie Lake still running around calling herself the governor? <laughs> she did. And I, I question, you know, Arizona has a very strong resign to run law. So I don't exactly understand how you could be the fake battle governor and off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happens, right? Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious. Um, how important is your military service? And I'd actually like you to talk a little bit about it. Um, but how important is that in to, you know, maybe some of these obviously independents or maybe vaguely right leaning Republicans and that sort of college educated suburban traditionally Republican vote that's sort of starting to trend our way and are looking for right. reasons to 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 vote for. You know, they don't want to vote for Kerry Lake. We, we saw right. that last election, but maybe you're like, this guy's a little too liberal. I mean, how, well, how important is that military service in? in Look, I think um, it matters. Like, I think, you know, people knowing that you were you're willing to put your your yourself above anything else. Uh, serve uh, for your country and, and uh, put your country in front of you. I think that's something that's a very unifying um, linkage. I think also, you know, my working class background, uh, being the son of immigrants, working my way up from not very, uh, some, some very humble beginnings uh, to where I am now. And I think, you know, talking about the American dream as a unifying message, I think it's extremely important. I also think, you know, people forget, you know, Latinos also appreciate other veterans. You know, Latinos are some of the most patriotic people uh, in this yeah. country, a lot of Latino males that we are starting to lose uh, to Republicans that I think are going to look at me, look at my record and say, you know, I'm proud that there is a Latino veteran, a veterano who's running uh, for, uh, you know, uh, running to be Senate. And I want that person to represent me. All those types of voters, while you may not win all of them, you just need to win them on the margins to actually make a, a pretty landslide victory uh, in Arizona. 
<laughs> Arizona has some of the tightest elections. So, yeah, absolutely. And I just want to do a little digression because um, obviously everybody who knows me knows I'm also a veteran. My son right now is uh, getting ready to deploy to the Middle East. He's, a, yeah. he's an infantryman. And you have a veteran, too. Some of veteranos. And, yeah. and uh, when, I started, when I started Daily Codes, Daily Codes rose to prominence in large part because it was during the opposition to the Iraq War in 2003. Yeah. And I could speak from a position of don't criticize my patriotism or my commitment yeah. to serving my country. And I love the fact my, my dad, you know, he served, he was in Greece, he served uh, my son's grandparent, grandfather on the other side and also served, also was a veteran. So we come from a long family of veterans and I love that my son is carrying forth that tradition even though we live in Berkeley, not a lot of people, you know, it, there's this perception that liberals don't, you know, right. they're anti-military. And, and there's this shift happening right now. And particularly we, we're seeing it with the Ukraine war, right? Daily mm -hmm. Coast is some of our highest traffic is our coverage on the Ukraine war. And, and we're seeing Democrats stand very firmly and strongly in support of Ukraine. And we're seeing this sort of growing rift in the Republican Party around Ukraine with the, with the MAGA yeah. right being pro-Putin. <laughs> I, Carrie Lake has got to be there, right? I mean, she has. Yeah, I, I think that, like I've already seen some of her comments like, you know, why are we Ukraine and not doing this and not doing that? Um, you know, well, a lot of reasons we can't do it because Republicans can't get their shit together and can't get votes together and don't actually care about, you know, other things except for. They don't care. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, yes, they're there. And like it's not just it's not just Carrie Lake. This is something that's really taken over a lot of the like really, really uh, base uh, of the Republican Party. I do work with a lot of Republicans, uh, you know, to be honest, here in Congress in regards to Ukraine. They're actually very supportive. They're what I like to call the pro-freedom caucus. Uh, but in terms of some of the voters, they are listening to Tucker Carlson. They're listening to Donald Trump. Uh, and they care more about uh, the partisan end result of stopping uh, Ukraine from succeeding because it's another way to kind of get the lids, right, or own the lids. Uh, but, you know, the history of, of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party is to make sure that we ensure freedom all around the world. And there isn't really a black and white here. Look, and there have been black and white uh, situations in other uh, times in terms of when we've, we've been engaged, uh, when we've been engaging ourselves. But there is no black and white here. Ukraine is a free and democratic country that had its sovereign borders invaded multiple times. Uh, and even though we clearly warned Russia, we clearly warned the world that this was happening, they still proceeded. And they not only proceeded, but have proceeded with massive, massive humanitarian uh, violations uh, and war crimes. And for us, for us as a country to see this happening in front of our eyes and actually contemplate pulling away weaponry from them so they could at least at a minimum defend themselves is disgusting. It would be such a black mark on you know, our uh, history and our nation if we did that, especially again, when this is a truly black and white situation. There is such a thing as good and evil in this world. Uh, and right now, the way that the Russian government, maybe not necessarily the people uh, and the military are conducting themselves with Putin, they are acting in an evil manner and we should be proud to stand with good people that just want freedom. Yeah, amen, amen. <clears throat> so you're you're so like I mentioned at the beginning of the of the show, you're very aggressively liberal. There's there's no gray area. There's no equivocation. Like you 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 are um, very very open about your beliefs, and the sort of conventional wisdom is Arizona's a you know it's a purple state. You know maybe it leans slightly blue, maybe it, you know it, but it's right on the edge. 
and that maybe you're too liberal to win the state, mm. right? This is, I'm, I'm curious, first of all, how do you see your personal politics in relation to your state's um, demographics? And, and, uh, and I, I guess you spoke a little bit about that, but I, you know, with the Latino vote, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, sure. the too liberal charge. And also, is that creating any problems with the democratic establishment? Are, so, are parts of it still wanting to defend cinema? Or is everybody like, you know what? Gallegos are a guy. Let's let's go all in. So look, I I think I'm actually in line with where the you know where Arizona is. We are a very interesting uh, state. You know, we have a very libertarian streak to us. Uh, yeah, some of our values are conservative. Some of our values are considered liberal. But overall, what we really value in uh, Arizona is people being straightforward, right? And this is where it has been killing someone like uh, Kirsten, and the reason why she is faltering. It's not because she's voting against the values of Arizonans. Uh, it's because she has, you know, been deceptive. Uh, she has avoided conversations. She has not been honest and straightforward with with Arizonans. Now, people may say whatever they want about me. And by the way, every time any Arizonan runs in Arizona, uh, they're always a liberal, no matter who they are. When Kirsten ran, she was considered a communist and called a communist. Literally, literally. Literally, yes. Same with Mark Kelly. So, like, uh, what we need to do is talk about our values and how that's really important to Arizonans and, and then actually you know, explain who you are. So people actually attach those values to someone that they care about. Uh, and uh, that's why, you know, Kirsten Cinema's you know, ship has sailed when it comes to that. Uh, so I don't think uh, I'm to anything for this state. I think I am straightforward. I'm a straight shooter. Uh, I can be a little crass. I am more of a Southside Chicago Marine, well, now south side of Phoenix, Marine, than I am uh, anything else. Uh, and where I'm from and where I uh, live now, we are very much uh, straight and to the point, and we don't sugarcoat it, sugarcoat it, and nor should we, because things sometimes are bad. Things sometimes do deserve kind of a shock value to get people out of the low that they're in. Uh, and I've not been afraid to do it, and I won't be afraid to do it when I'm in the Senate. Oh, my God. I, I, the thought of you in the Senate just gets me so freaking excited. I can't even. So can um, 2024 well, get here already? <laughs> um, Gallego for Arizona. If anyone else wants to help out, we need to have a great quarter to really you know, push it home. And with the establishment, look, we're not going to get everybody. Um, I think a lot of people are questioning because there's a third party here. The thing that we're talking to people, and, and there is a lot of Dem establishment donors that have come on board, and we're extremely happy about that. And they are very excited about this race. Uh, they believe in the vision of how we're going to win this and what we can do one, once we win this. But, um, you know, we need to continue to do that by having, you know, a couple of good things. Number one, showing that we can raise the money, run the campaigns uh, and effectively take this fight both to cinema, but also the Republicans, because we have to have, you know, a, a fight going always at the same time. So I know we're running out of time very, very quickly. How does how does you running with Biden affect your race? Is that helpful? Is that going to be a boost to your campaign? And since I know we're running out of time after that, if you once again would repeat how people can help your campaign and uh, so so they can be part of this movement. So we're going to do a massive turnout the vote operation that's not just going to be concentrated in the last couple of months of the election. And we're going to be talking to voters that have been you know, new to the process, have avoided the process or have just not, you know, really been interested, especially younger Latinos that have not have registered to vote or did not vote in 2020. And when we get them out to vote, it's going to help all Democrats up and down the ticket. Again, having the campaign that could culturally talk to that community, 
both in the you know their language as well as just in everything that they understand. I think it makes a big, big difference. Uh, and so we're going to be very helpful to the top of the table. We're going to be very helpful uh, to uh, President Biden, and we're not going to avoid the president. I don't believe, uh, you know, Democrats should be avoiding the top of the ticket. Number one, it's insulting to voters. Uh, voters know you're a Democrat. And if there's another <laughs> Democrat running that he's president, like, they're not going to be like, oh, my God, I like this guy, but not this guy, like, especially not a presidential year. Believe you know? it or not, that's controversial in some places. Yeah, well, it's really freaking obvious. You know, my, my view is when Democrats win is when we fight together, we win together. When you start like trying to fight on your own, uh, like anything else, we've all been trained uh, to fight. Uh, you could easily be isolated. So I'm not going to let that happen. So what but, but what could be extremely helpful, especially before March 31st, Gallego for Arizona. I'm going to spell Gallego because there's a lot of different versions that spelled with it. No S. Gallego is G-A-L-L-E-G-O for F-O-R Arizona, A-R-I-Z-O-N-A.com. Gallego for Arizona.com. Please donate uh, as much as you can. And then once we start getting our full volunteer operations going, uh, we're going to really be hitting those doors and those phones hard, and I hope you'll help us out there. Gallego for Arizona, G-A-L-L-E-G-O-F-O-R, Arizona, A-R-I-Z-O-N-A dot com. Please, uh, please donate. And uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to when it's volunteer time because people are going to be really jazzed about this one because it helps you and it helps Biden win Arizona. It's like this is like a and the state me, house and a couple of seats. We're going uh, we're, we're to do it all, all up and down that uh, uh, the ticket. Ruben, thank you so much for joining. It's so yeah, appreciative. Thank you, Walter. Time. Everybody who helps behind the scenes, I don't want to, I don't want, I know, you know, got to get Ruben out of here. So thank you so very much. And everybody who's listening and watching the show, thank you. Catch you all next week.